Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. I want to talk about the psychological experiment that you explained to me before we started recording. (laughs) That was interesting. So for our listeners, Craig was describing a very cool psychological experiment. And I was uh, spellbound Hmm. by the dynamic that could be extrapolated and then uh, used to explain how many a person feels in our current society. But then what we wanted to do was say, what's the question that can introduce this example? But I don't even know if we need to, because I think this example will lead to questions. And we might just have to dive into this because I think it's so interesting that not mentioning it would be a mistake. Yeah, sure. And maybe the question could be, and I'll throw out, and maybe there's a better one. That's all the beautiful thing about asking questions is being humble and say, hey, let's create an environment of curiosity. Maybe the question is, what would it look like if we walked around with hope today? What would relationships look like? What would my life look like? How would I drive down the street if if hope were present? Because it seems like hope has left the building for a lot of people. And uh, we were just talking about this um, this study that was done by an American psychologist named Martin Seligman, and he did something interesting. He took a floor and he painted some black boxes and some white boxes on the bottom of it. And you reminded me that's actually called... <laughs> checkerboard. Thank you. I was like, yes, they're perfect. There it is. There's this checkerboard floor. And uh, they brought in some dogs. They electrified the floor and they brought in dogs and they studied them one at a time. And what they did is they first started. And uh, when the dogs would stand on the black box, they would get a little shock. And so over time, they would realize, avoid the black boxes. And they would just stay on the on the little white boxes on the tiles on the floor. And so then they made that study and they said, okay, let's change it a little bit. Let's see what happens if we start and sending them a little jolt on the little white tiles. And so they sent them a little jolt on the white tiles and the, okay, all right. And so they relearned and then they started walking on the black tiles and avoiding the white ones. And then they said, okay, we've done that study. We're going to do this one step further. We're just going to make it random, intermittent. We're just going to do some white boxes, some black boxes. And what happened to the dog? The dogs wound up just laying down on the floor, being shocked constantly. He, he referred to this as a, a test of learned helplessness because there was this hollow experience in these dogs says, forget it. doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to get shocked. It doesn't white, black. I'm just going to lay down. And that resonated with me because I know that feeling. I know there's a lot of people who know that feeling where it's no matter what I try, what's the use? I'm going to strike out um, and I'm not enjoying the game at all. Yeah. It feels like 
you know, maybe the people running the show, running the experiment, whatever it is, forces out of my control are malevolent and random. And I can't figure out which uh, spaces are safe. And so it makes me want to just lay down, take a nap. Oh, and I've been there. I mean, you have a day where you sit on the couch, you stare at the wall for six hours. You're not having profound thoughts. You're, you know, you're just drifting and it's, you don't know what direction uh, makes the most sense to move. So sometimes it feels like the winning move is not to play at all. Mm -hmm. It's very true. And as accurately as we can present this challenge, and there's probably people that can relate to this and going, gosh, I feel that way, or I have felt that way. The challenge becomes, what do we do with that? What would, what would God do with that for you? What would Jesus do with that feeling? Did he encounter anyone uh, as he walked <laughs> uh, the dusty road to the ancient Near East where he met someone who had this experience? Uh, maybe the woman at the well. <laughs> she probably felt like it doesn't matter what I do, who I do it with. All I'm met with is rejection. I've had these five husbands and the man you're now with is not your husband. So she probably felt this deep sense of helplessness, probably only to go get water just for her own personal survival, right? You know, even the person who's um, feeling this way will still probably eat and drink just because that's survival instinct, but it's hard to get much more. We're just living uh, out of a hollow part of ourself. And where does hope come in? I think that's going back to your question of what if we had a little bit more hope? What does better look like? It looks like not being experimented on. Yes. Right? Yes. It it looks like having a little bit more agency. It looks like not being in a room. It yeah. looks like if you're a dog, you know, to round out this metaphor, you're outside. You're outside, the sun shining. You're not indoors being electrocuted in something that, in an experiment that you didn't quite consent to at all. I mean, those dogs had no idea what was happening. Right. They learned quickly that it was no fun. But what does that look like? Um, you know, imagine if one of those dogs was born in that lab and that's all that dog had ever known. And then, you know, what would God do? What would Jesus do in the situation? You better believe they'd be taking the dog outside and saying, Hey pal, I don't know why you were in that experiment to begin with. Yeah, that's very good. So what do we do with that? Right. Uh, and right. the question that I, my mind goes to next is, um, is that something I can solve on my own? And it seems to be kind of a frequent pattern that we talk about here. And part of it is, as I'm growing older, I see so clearly how I'm trying to solve so many of my challenges and problems by myself. I'm just trying to just, you know, years ago, I went to a counselor and uh, she she hinted out a possible area where I needed to 
work and she had to be careful. <laughs> I be careful. This is gentle, you have gentle territory if you're telling me where I need to grow, right? So she hinted at this area where I needed to grow. And I I I think I said something like, Well, let's theoretically say you might be right. What books would I need to read and explore in order to address those issues? And she resourced me and gave me a couple, which I really appreciate. But can you realize what I'm doing? Do you see what I'm doing there? That was such a threatening thing for me. I was so full of shame to even think about me needing to grow in this area. I didn't want another person involved in that journey with me. Tell me what I need to read in order to fix myself, and I'll be on my way. Thank you very much. And uh, I think the place of growth is a personal place in a lot of ways, though. I mean, how many times does somebody come at you head on and tell you something that you're not good at or they don't like about you? And how often is that received well? Yeah. So as you're saying that to me, I'm thinking to myself, why wasn't she asking everything she wanted to say in question form? Yeah. And you would have received it much better. But you went for the option that was easier for you to tolerate at the time. Yeah. And that's fine. Yep. I see nothing wrong with it, to be honest. Well, that's good. And what I what I learned um, from, from my journey is that um, although we want to do it entirely ourselves, if relationships have contributed to the problem, they need to be a part of the solution. And I've been trying to be my own solution. And sometimes it's not just me. It's me and God, but it's still just me on this journey. You know, it kind of reminds me of that Transformers. You remember at the end of one of those Transformers movies, this guy is like driving. He's, he's trying to save the world and he's driving. He's like, one man all alone trying to save the country he loves. And there's a guy in the passenger seat and he's like, what are you saying? You're not alone. Right. It was such a, I don't know why I get so tickled by that. And he kept saying it. He kept saying it because that was his, his mindset. He felt like he was alone. And boy, you know, I think for a lot of my life, I felt like uh, I'm alone. I have to fix this by myself, not using the resources of people around me enough to help with this journey. And it was funny enough that I read some books. I read the books that she told me about, and um, it changed the way I started looking at people around me. And I found two other guys that I thought may have had similar challenges to the Hmm. ones that I was facing. And I said, hey, can we get together and have coffee? Three of us had coffee and we started talking and I try to be gentle with it. Hey, this is my issue. And hey, you know, I share. And they both look at me and they're like, me too. Yeah. And so instantly there was some lightness and some healing that was brought because I wasn't alone. There was this shared journey towards health. And uh, I don't want to talk too much about it because it'll take too long, but those Two men helped me grow incredibly, not because they came with a cape and an S on their chest saying, let me help you grow, but because they said, hey, I've got that same challenge. Let's journey together and see what we find. A little support group for formerly electrocuted dogs from an experiment. Yes. 
Super important. So we go back to the dog experiment. If I'm the dog, I'm like, all right, I got to figure this out myself. And I was like, okay, maybe not. Maybe we need other, some other canines to help us figure out what, what this looks like. Um, it's interesting. Part of, part of what came out of this study um, was something that people refer to as the three P's. This is kind of a cognitive way of looking at it, which is what you were trying to talk about earlier, which is beautiful. It's like, all right, let's, let's this is important. Let's make sure we look at this through the right lens. Sure. Um, the three Ps, um, this is so, something almost everyone does when something bad happens. You think about getting the letter from an IRS, getting a pink slip at work, having a, a great relationship go upside down. What do we do? First thing we do is we make it personal. I suck. <laughs> this is, I I was unworthy to hold that job or keep that relationship. Mm. Uh, number two P is pervasive. Not only do I suck in this area, I suck in all different areas. Sure. And we start borrowing from all these other areas where we've felt the same thing. Uncontrollable catastrophizing and expanding it into every area of our lives that yes. we could possibly imagine. Yes. And it's so easy. Drive down the street and you get a little frustrated. Like, oh, not only am I frustrated here, I'm, boy, I'm frustrated here and here and here. And all of a sudden it happens. So naturally, it just happens. Um, and the last P is that we make it permanent. It's always going to be like this, which is what happened with the dogs. It's, it's always going to be like this. They probably didn't realize <laughs> it's just a short experiment, a short amount of time. It's not always going to be like this. And so that's the challenge. We, we make it personal and pervasive and permanent. And this is what we need to move towards. I think it's really important to identify very clearly what we need to move towards. All right. I, I, I understand pretty well what I'm doing wrong. What do I need to shoot for? Instead of making it personal, we need to keep it human. We need to remember this isn't just my challenge. This is a challenge a lot of people are facing. Mm -hmm. This is a, uh, you know, we talk about this despondency of the soul when things aren't going right. Oh, it's not just me feeling this. There's a lot of people out there feeling similarly. It's like I found with my friends, these two guys, this just me too. Uh, pervasive. Instead of it being pervasive, we need to keep it local. Right. Limited. Yeah. Let's put a little, you know, firing around that thing and say, okay, you know what? I just want to deal with this right now. Let's not let this get bigger than it needs to be. Let's just keep this here with this issue so I can get my head around it and manage this. Permanent. We need to make it fixable. And to me, all of those things, keeping it human, keeping it local, making it fixable, breathe hope into so many relationships, circumstances. A practical solution for fostering hope yeah. is not to pull it out of nowhere and try to wear it around as if that was the easiest thing to do, right? Because that right. would feel unnatural Yes, to be willfully hopeful against your better instincts. Yes. I think would feel contrived yes. and inauthentic, but to foster it by 
limiting the catastrophes in your life, at least the way that you perceive them and realizing that, oh, there's other people that are going through similar things right now. We're all, we've all been on the electrocuted board a little bit, but it's just the board and it's not forever. Yes. That's an interesting way of developing hope that feels a lot different than somebody who is, I would say, inauthentically optimistic. I can't stand those people. Sometimes those people really rub me the wrong way and they repel me. And I think, who are you kidding? You have no idea. You are oblivious yes. to the things yes. going on with me and with other people. Yes. How could you be so naive as to be a happy-go-lucky daydream Johnny at a time like this? Yes. There's something called the Stocksdale Paradox. And I think he was an admiral in the Navy. And he said, we have to tenaciously hold on to hope and positivity while relentlessly looking at the realism of our situation. Yes. And both. We we sometimes look at those as being mutually exclusive and saying, I, I have to hold on to one or the other. It's like, no, we need to hold on to both. We can't just ignore the reality of our circumstance. And... We have to tenaciously hold on to that hope that it can be better. It will get better. Maybe it's just a matter of time. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting concept that the dogs would have no understanding of is no. time. <laughs> yeah, dogs can't read clocks, Man. can they? How long have we been here? How long have we been electrocuted? I would have been so mad if I was a dog. I was like, are you kidding me? And you know, the funny thing is that's the way that a lot of disappointments hits me. Are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> I'm trying to do my best in this life to be a good person, treat people well. And man, sometimes when things happen bad, it doesn't hit well in my soul. I have this shock of, ex oh, are you what? How could this be happening? Right? Has that ever happened to you? Yes, of course. Of course. I mean, many a morning conversation that you and I have had over coffee, a Tuesday morning, I've shown up and been all over the place, but I leave with a sense of lightness and I could have been jolted by a million and a half things uh, the week leading up to it and uh, taken out of my normal frame. And you have a wonderful way of being one of those other dogs, so to speak. Yes. Because we're all going to react to different situations with uh, levels of intensity. Yes. I can be highly reactive. Yeah. Who, name me one dude that doesn't lose it from time to time. I don't know a lot of them. What, mm -hmm. the Dalai Lama? Is yeah. that it? <laughs> Is that the only living? Maybe so. Maybe so. We he don't probably loses it behind so. closed doors if like a total human, pro. He's probably going to lose it. Yes, absolutely. We, if we're human, there's going to be emotion. There's going to be frustration. And and thank you for the compliment about being the dog that might help the other dog. But I even asked the question, okay, well, forgive my foolishness. <laughs> okay, what does Jesus come and say to the dog? What message does he bring? If we were to bring Jesus into that moment with that dog that's already given up going, forget it. It doesn't matter. White, black, whatever square I'm on, forget it. Whatever I do 
this relationship's not going to turn out. Whatever I do, this job's not going to work out. Whatever I do, my kids are still going to not turn. All right, we're in this hopeless, helpless state. What message does Jesus bring into that moment? If he spoke dog? Yes. And of course he speaks dog. (laughs) Of course he speaks dog. I don't want to get this one wrong. Hmm. What do you think, Craig? (laughs) You do this to me sometimes where I'll ask you a question and you just turn it right back with another question. Yeah, It's my turn to do that. From what I see in scripture and what I have experienced personally, I think Jesus would come over and say, hey, buddy, I'm sorry that it sucks, doesn't it? He's going to come alongside the experience of the hopeless and the helpless and say, I'm sorry, and I can understand why you would be feeling this way. And he would probably say, listen, I actually um, was electrocuted many times so that you wouldn't have to be. How about I take your place here and, and you Go and live the life that I designed you to live. Whoa. Whoa. Right? That's what he's done for us. He says, you know, if there's ever a hopeless and a helpless, it would be an innocent man on a cross that was that was dying. And he said, I'm doing this so that you can live and have this lightness of life and joy. And are there going to be challenges? Absolutely. Broken relationships? Absolutely. Can you tenaciously hold on to hope? Yes. Why? Because I bought that for you. I think that's what he would say. That's a whole lot to sit with. Yeah. Audience can't see my eyes, but I'm just kind of scanning, staring. And sometimes it's just good to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. And I hope in your journey with God that you are able to find hope today.